BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. We all know by now that atrocities were committed by Hamas on October 7th, which kicked off a vicious war as Israel defends herself from terrorists on every side. The toll on the Israeli people is staggering and massive. Hundreds of thousands of Israelis have been forced from their homes, entire communities torn apart, lives devastated by death and destruction. The International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, IFCJ, is right there in the middle of it every single day. They're distributing critical things like food, medicine, emergency supplies for hundreds of thousands of suffering people. The need is great, and that's why I'm here. Every donation is urgently needed to help the people of Israel. If you want to give, and you should, go to supportifcj.org and give as generously as you can. Your gift will be matched to double the impact and help provide twice the support. Again, that's supportifcj.org. Supportifcj.org. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. 
Go to jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. We got to talk about a hard truth tonight. The stimulus bill came out, and it's time for you and I to talk about something. There's something you have to do. Also, a vaccine distributed based on race? What? All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Okay. Are you ready for it? I've got something for you. And one, one of them is going to be hard to hear. And two, the other one's going to be really hard to hear. So we'll start out with the easy one first. And allow me to explain. I realize I say that a lot on the show. I, I give it to you right between the eyes. And sometimes it's tough to hear. Lots of times it's tough to hear. But in my defense, that's how I was raised. You know the advice I got from my dad all the time? When I would screw something up, bad grade, break something in the neighborhood, get in some kind of trouble, get caught lighting a bag of poop on fire in the neighbor's yard. You know what he would say to me? Stop being an idiot. Consistently, time and time again, stop being an idiot. Harsh? True, though. Where was he wrong? Sometimes hard truths are the most merciful, loving thing you can give somebody. So you and I have to have a talk. I know you saw the coronavirus relief bill. And before we go on, let's, let's clarify something. It was two bills, really. It was a year-end spending bill with a coronavirus relief bill attached to it, which was a monumental mistake. We'll get to that mistake. We'll get to that in a second. But I know you're mad about this bill. And we're going to go over all the dirty, horrible things, well, at least lots of the dirty, horrible things in this bill. And, I, and I'm really mad about it, too. Really, really mad. This is a national embarrassment. We fought a revolution over less than this. this. This is an embarrassment. However, two things. Again, one's hard to hear. The other's really, really hard to hear. This is the hard to hear part. We deserve this. Maybe not you personally. If you personally chose the government, had that power, though, we'd probably be doing fine. As a nation, we deserve this. We do. 536. That's how many people there are between the House, Senate, and Presidency. We're not counting the Vice President. 536. And I know you know this, but wrap your mind around this. Of those 536 dudes, you can replace at least 435 of them every two years. Every two years, every single member of the U.S. House of Representatives is up for re-election, and one-third of the Senate, but I don't do math. So actually, it does work out to 470, 460-some every two years. If you don't like this government, and who does, right? You don't like it, I don't like it, anyone paying attention doesn't like it, you can tear the thing apart and remake it every two years, whatever you want it to be. But we don't. I'm pointing fingers at you personally, or me personally, but we don't. We talk all the time. Oh, we're going to go over all this stuff, and my blood pressure is going to go through the roof when we start going over the specifics here. But we talk all the time about how much we hate this, who we hate. I hate that person. I hate that bill. I hate that concept. We have the power. We have the power. We have the power of the vote. We could rip it up and rebuild it. 
We don't do it. Congress consistently has an approval rating hovering just above Ebola virus. And yet 90% of them get reelected every year. It's our fault. What we have right now, collectively, is our fault. That's the hard thing to hear. That's not even the really hard thing to hear. You ready for that? This is going to be for you personally. You need to think about running for Congress. Sorry. I know right now you almost undoubtedly went, no, I would never. I could never. That's rigged against me. The votes are rigged. The powers that be are rigged. They're going to try to try to shame me out of the race. I've done too many bad things in my life. I've done too many good things in my life. I've done, uh, stop. Stop. Congress is not a place for perfect people, as we can obviously see. We need somebody like you. I don't want to hear I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm a man, woman, I, I'm a husband, I'm a wife, I, I, I can't do this, I can't do that. Okay. Undoubtedly, many of you cannot possibly, it's not humanly possible for you to do it. Fine. If it's at all in the, possible, in the realm of possibility, you need to go. You do. You need to go soon. And I'm not asking you to do something I haven't personally done myself. I ran for office with no political experience. 27 years old, I would have been the youngest member of Congress. No, bus no business being there at all. And came within 4,000 votes of actually winning that election, by the way. I've done it. I spent the time away from my family. Young kids, wife, I've done it. Spent that time grinding it out, asking people for money. And it sucks. And I, again, I'm not here to sugarcoat for you how this goes. It sucks. You're at every pancake breakfast. You're talking to 10,000 people. Lots of them are cool. Lots of them are absolute dirtballs you don't want to talk to at all. Time away from the fam. Travel. Crappy food. Don't, don't think these people running for Congress are eating filet mignon everywhere you go. No, it's a bunch of rubber chicken dinners. It sucks. But unless you run for office, we're never going to change this. And you need to run against your Republican congressman. Almost undoubtedly, you need to primary your Republican congressman. And that is even tougher as somebody who's been in a primary against the GOP establishment candidate and won. But that's another story entirely. But as someone who's been in that primary, I know what that's like. Every other day, your phone's blowing up by somebody telling you, you're losing the race for it. You're going to lose your disaster. You have no business being here. We'll finish you. They'll threaten you. They'll bribe you. They'll do everything in the world. You have to do it. How do people go and vote for disgusting crap like we're about to talk about? They don't think you'll do anything about it. That's how they do it. You go put your name on this stuff. You vote yes on this bill. You are confident in a lot of things, but one thing you're really confident in, nobody's going to do anything about it. Every one of them hammering that button for this garbage, every single one of them thinks to themselves, Nobody will actually have the guts to challenge me. Nobody will. And again, I'm not here to sugarcoat for you. Maybe you'll lose. I did. Twice. So be it. Go fight the good fight. We have to start running for office. We do. Normal people. Again, I don't want to hear, I'm too busy. I'm not busy enough. I'm in construction. I, I'm, just a, I'm just a teacher. I'm just, uh, I run a small business. I do this. I, I, do the, I, I get it. I, I know. Life's busy. I get it. If we only leave Congress to the people who are rich and have the time to get there, where's that going to leave us? Where is that going to leave us? Screwed.
That's where. Run for office. I thought Rand Paul summed it up nicely. How bad is our fiscal situation? Well, the federal government brought in $3.3 trillion last year and spent $6.6 trillion. The deficit last year, a record-busting $3.3 trillion. If you're looking for more COVID bailout money, we don't have any. The coffers are bare. We have no rainy day fund. We have no savings account. Congress has spent all the money long ago. The economic damage from this pandemic is not the reason for this runaway spending. This spending's been going on for decades. Every year, even before we get to all the extra COVID-free money, we've been spending a trillion dollars we don't have. I can't stress to you how much I love that, and you're lucky I didn't play for you all 9,000 minutes of Rand Paul's speech on the floor. I, I like Rand Paul. I've never seen him drop bombs like that because he's right. Are you ready for this? You ready? Maybe get yourself a cold glass of water to pour on yourself because you're going to get upset. I'm only re- going to read you four, five, maybe six of the things that are in this bill because then my blood pressure is going to go through the roof. But this is what they try to pass. This is what they try to pass without reading it. The bill was over 5,000 pages. The printed out form of this weighed over 30 pounds. I saw a video of a guy hauling it through Capitol Hill, I told you last night, in basically a wheelbarrow. Nobody read it. Nobody cares about all the garbage that's in it. They just think you're so desperate, stupid, and weak that they can pass anything in your face that they want and you won't do anything about it. You want to know what they passed? And keep in mind, when I tell you what they passed, these numbers are staggering how easily this passed. It wasn't touch and go. It wasn't 50-50. It was overwhelming. I believe there were seven senators in total who voted against this. Like 59 members of the House. COVID relief bill lays the groundwork for a climate security advisory council. COVID relief bill includes 10 million dollars for gender programs in Pakistan. COVID relief bill includes funds for a museum that will offer programming, education, and exhibitions on the life, art, history, and culture of women. COVID relief bill includes $193 million for federal HIV AIDS workers stationed abroad to buy new cars. COVID relief bill provides $40 million for the Kennedy Center. COVID relief bill package provides $8 million to support Joe Biden's presidential transition. Are you mad enough yet? I know you need to think about it, pray about it. Maybe it's time. Maybe it is you. We all make this mistake, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else, of looking around at a problem and saying, oh, I'll do this all the time. Oh, that's terrible. Someone should do something about that. It's amazing how few times I look around and say to myself, maybe I should do something about that. Your Republican congressman, there's a very good chance he needs to be primaried. And there's about a 100% chance when you try to primary him 
Every Tom, Dick, and Harry local Republican will tell you why you're the Antichrist and a traitor in a dirt ball. If we don't start remaking the Republican Party, it's going to go away. Because what we have here is not good enough. It's just simply not good enough to take on the left. Mitch McConnell had this to say. Their view was, give us everything we want or we won't give you anything. Well, so it's noteworthy that at the end, they finally gave us what we could have agreed to back in July. I, I think what held it up was they did not want to do anything before the presidential election. I think they felt that that would disadvantage the president. Uh, but look, we finally got it done. We got it done in exactly the same amounts and with the same uh, configuration that we would have been able to do back in the summer, but for all the intervening election shenanigans uh, on the side of the yeah. speaker and Democratic leader uh, Schumer. They play games with you. They don't care. They don't care. Run for office. It's time. This, this crappy government we have, you and me, we deserve it. Let's do something about it. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, anxiety. Perhaps you have a little bit of that right now. <laughs> Look, sleeplessness, joint pain, these things, they plague us as we get older. And natural medicines and holistic healing approaches, they're known to help alleviate these things. I have chosen CBD, and Doctors Trusted CBD makes my life easier. How? Well, they went and researched the whole CBD industry, so I don't have to risk doing what I've done far too many times, buying low-quality CBD. I only get the best at DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. That's DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 5% off and a free lip balm through the holidays. We'll be back. There is an infectious disease out there. I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about a mental disease. And it's this obsession we Americans have with the word equality. Inclusive. We want to be inclusive. We, we, want, we want people to be equal. What? That, that's a terrible concept. People aren't equal. People are very, very different. And you know what? If you're one of these people who talks all the time about equality and inclusiveness, this should be inclusive. They should be more inclusive. I, I like that they're very inclusive. I have some hard words for you. You're probably a huge hypocrite. If you go home tonight, walk in, see the wife, husband, fam, kids hanging out, and you hear a ding, ding, that's what your doorbell sounds like, I'm sure. I do my own sound effects on the show. You hear a ding, ding at the door, and you go and answer the door and there's some guy with teardrop tattoos on his face and raggedy clothes. Looks like he just crawled out of a gutter somewhere and he says, hey, you mind if I come in, have dinner with you guys tonight? Maybe use the restroom. You know what you're going to do? Close the door, lock it, and probably go close all the blinds and hide underneath your bed. Why? Don't you believe in being inclusive? Well, no, and you shouldn't. Do you know why you wouldn't be inclusive in that scenario? Do you know why? Because you care about your family. You see, here's the thing people do all the time. They talk about inclusiveness for all the things they don't care about. 
because it makes them feel good about themselves. It makes them feel like they're giving back. That should be more equal. Well, this should be equal. Everything should be equal, right? We should be more inclusive and be more equal. Well, not me. I mean, <laughs> not me. But everyone else should be more equal. Why? Exclusivity is awesome. You know what people do who grow up in the poor, crappy parts of the big cities? The second they make it, if they're lucky enough to make it and they make enough money, you know the first thing they do? They move out. They move out because it's better when you price yourself out of certain things. They do... They move out because the schools are better where they're going. The grocery stores are nicer. The streets are nicer. That's why they move out. Inclusive, equal, these words have to be put to death. Go get the best stuff you can find. Go live in the best neighborhood you can possibly afford. Go get exclusive as humanly possible. This concept that we can be equal, it's gross, and all it is is a way to make people feel better about themselves. You know what club you want to get into, whether it be golf club, nightclub, whatever you happen to be into? You want to be in the one no one else can get in. You know what club you don't want to be in? The one that lets everybody through the door. That's a fact. And yet, this concept is spread across the United States of America. I'm going to read you the names of some states, and then I'm going to tell you what they're doing. You're not going to believe it. You ready for this? New York, Pennsylvania, California, North Carolina, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Kansas, New Mexico, Indiana, Illinois, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, didn't I read that? No. Utah, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Hawaii, Maryland, and the District of Columbia. Do you know what all those states are doing? Those states have decided the vaccine needs to be distributed based on race. Wait, what? Needs to be distributed based on... Maybe you're a vaccine person, maybe you're not. I personally have no intention of taking it, but you, you, if you do, I'm certainly not discouraging you from doing so. Go ahead. It's a personal choice thing. But wait, what? Based on race? Are, is that where we are? Now, I want you to think about this. Maybe you're not in the right... Maybe you're not in this frame of mind, but understand, much of the country thinks coronavirus is super, super deadly and it can wipe out everybody and this is a deadly, deadly virus. So knowing they have that mentality, they also have the mentality of we should do race checks on who gets the vaccine. What did I just tell you the other night about Andrew Yang? When Andrew Yang came out with that tweet about how people should have a barcode on their phone that can be scanned to tell if they've got the vaccine or not. What did I tell you? Remember what I said? I told you this, this thing has turned people into the creepiest thing ever, and none of them can see it. This is not one wingnut college professor who, who talked about this. This is like half the states in the union just looked around and thought to themselves, oh, yeah, we should definitely have race checks on the vaccine. That's a good idea. That's, that's where we're at. Here's Andrew Cuomo. Don't take it from me. Here's Andrew Cuomo. The black and brown communities that were first on the list of who died cannot be last on the list of who receives the vaccine, period. The truth is, COVID killed black people in this country at twice the rate of white people. The truth is, 
COVID killed Hispanic people at one and a half times the rate of white people. Those are ugly facts. Well, that's a good message. That is a good message. We should definitely keep selling that across the country. You know what? Let's talk about cyber theft for a minute. Do you know how much it's gone up during coronavirus? So many more people on the internet, so many more people working at home. Cyber crime, cyber theft has gone up in coronavirus by 75%. 75%. And home title theft is so bad, the FBI is gravely concerned about it. These people, these hackers, it's so easy for them. They hack into your home title. It takes them less than 10 minutes. Hack into your home title, forge your signature on it, and off to the bank they go to take out a loan. Then they'll be gone with the money, and you're stuck paying it back. Go get HomeTitleLock.com. They will detect the tampering and shut it down immediately. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO. I get you 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. Joining me now, senior policy analyst with the Independent Women's Forum, Inez Stepman. Inez, tonight I have encouraged people to run for office, to primary crappy Republicans if they're that mad. I don't know if it's going to make a dent, but I, I, I mean, we get the government we deserve. That's my stance. We deserve all this. <laughs> well, I don't know, Jesse. It didn't work out for you. <laughs> well, correction, it worked out just fine for me because I ended up on TV and not having to actually be in Congress. So things worked out really well on my end. Uh, I, I suppose so. But yeah, I mean, we did have this huge wave, it seems like, of Tea Party people running for office that were just grassroots. I think that produced some of the rare good politicians that we have right now. Um, Folks like Ted Cruz, folks like Chip Roy. So I'm, I'm all about the uh, grassroots push to, to get more ordinary people who are actually conservative to run for office. Although I, I have to exempt myself from this because I will never live anywhere uh, that isn't nine to one Democrat. So I could only launch a quixotic, you know, William F. Buckley style uh, and mayor race or something like that. And uh, I have better things to do with my time. Now, I don't understand why somebody who's intelligent, and I'm actually not talking about me, I'm talking about you this time, would choose to live in such a highly Democratic area, having lived in Democrat and Republican areas. It's just a better life where I am. Um, well, I mean, I'm pretty sure you think about think that no matter where you live, if you lived in the center of New York City like I did, you would also think that wherever you are is the best place to live. <laughs> so I'm not sure that you're the best test case for this. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm actually a city person. Like, I, I, I love living in the city. Um, and interestingly, the cities weren't always as left wing as they are today. Um, I, I think it has a lot to do, actually, with in the 70s, um, starting in about the 70s and 80s with, with the crime wave that happened then. It drove a lot of families out of the city, um, where prior in America, there had been a lot of middle class families and working class families living and working in the cities. So this kind of really polarized thing where you have ultra rich people, usually people like me, like Dinky, I'm not rich, but I, um, the, the Dinky, like dual income, no kids, right? Um, 
young professional type things, um, people, I should say, uh, you got that class living in the city and then you have like essentially a welfare class that's completely dependent on, on government handouts to subsist in the city. Uh, and all the middle class and working class in between has basically fled because prices are so high for space and because crime are, is up and schools are, are um, not uh, not up to, to par, or in this case, not open. Um, so I think that, that really drives a lot of middle class families out of the city and it, it really imbalances the politics in a city that um, it's not, I'm saying it's not have to be, it doesn't have to be that way. It's not like a indeterminate fact of life or, or invariant fact of life. The cities are always super, super left wing. Uh, but they, that has been the case for the last several decades because of the demographics in the city where that has driven out the middle class. And, and if you want a, a large example of that, just look at California, which is doing the same thing on a statewide scale. It's driving out all of the middle class families and working class families. And all that's gonna be left are the ultra rich tech bros and a sort of you know welfare dependent underclass. And as if it was that bad because of the crime wave in the 70s and 80s and you had what they called white flight and people were fleeing to the suburbs, uh, that's not about to get better after the summer we just had. I mean, there was a time, I don't know if it's still this way in New York City, which is a city which I love dearly, where they had moving companies turning people away because they were too booked to get people out of the city. So if that's what caused it last time, that whole situation's about to get a lot worse, unless I'm mistaken. Um, well, well, we'll see what happens when Bill de Blasio is termed out of office. Um, look, there there is a, uh, I think, common sense streak in New York City more than people think. There is actually moving from D.C. to New York, which was, was a fun thing, right? Talking about moving trucks. Um, we actually just moved up here from D.C., so I was renting a truck to go the opposite direction. I'm sure they were happy to have me because, you know, they move the trucks around, and if, if they don't have somebody to use it, uh, then they have to drive it back on their own dime. I'm sure they were happy to have somebody driving trucks into New York City. They should have paid me, really. Um, anyway, so uh, we, we moved in. Um, but it's it's I, I hope that the next mayor will I, I know he's going to be or she's going to be super, super left on all the cultural issues and probably be a big dope. Um, but I, I do think that there is an understanding, at least in some parts of the city, um, among some people, especially those who do remember the city in the 80s, do remember the city um, when when the Bernie Getz case uh, happened and remember the crime there. And I don't think New Yorkers want to go back to that. Um, honestly, my I'm on the, the little neighborhood apps or whatever. My neighborhood app here is a lot more based than it was in D.C. In D.C., it was like a bunch of um, yuppie millennials piling on this one poor girl who who called the police after somebody exposed himself to her in the park, telling her that she was perpetuating racism by calling the police when a man showed her his eggplant. Let's go with that. Um, and... Uh, and, and calling her a racist for calling the cops. Here, it's all just like my whole neighborhood app is all just complaining about the Bill de Blasio doing nothing about the crime. So I, I do think that there are there's still some common sense among New Yorkers. They don't want to live the way that the city was in the 80s where decent people couldn't walk down the street without getting mugged. Wait a minute. Did you say the next mayor of New York is going to be a she? Is that what you said? Maybe. I don't know. I don't honestly, I just moved here. I don't know the politics yet. I, from what I've heard, the, the most exciting candidate running for mayor might be uh, Andrew Yang. So... Um, I might go and vote for that guy. He's probably the sanest of the people that could possibly win the mayorship of New York City. So, 
I think it's unhealthy. It's look, it's fun for people who don't live in New York City or D.C. or California, which is most of the country, right, or at least half the country, to point at those places and, and mock them, you know, as being dens of iniquity and leftist nut job, nut nut holes and things like that. I get that, but overall, I think it's unhealthy for a nation to have its major metropolitan areas this crazy. So I genuinely do want them to change, even though I don't live there. Can it change? How does that happen? And as how do you get people to come back? Or is it just inevitable? If the demographics have changed, it's really not changing. Um, well, I, I think it is possible, depending on whether or not you can get enough people to sign on to quality of life issues. I, I look, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a sort of um, rose glasses optimist or anything like that. I understand that the cities are left wing. They're likely to remain left wing for quite some time. Nevertheless, right, um, you have had mayors elected in major cities, you know, just in the last couple decades uh, that have ran on issues like crime and quality of life. Um, and I do think, you know, average people get fed up when they when they cannot live safely in the city. They get fed up, even if their politics are left wing. At some point, the rubber meets the road, right? Um, at some point, it's affecting your quality of life. And you either pack up and leave, like so many people have, or you, you start to get ticked off at the politicians who allow the situation to continue. Um, and, and I think there are enough people who eventually get, the question is how far it has to fall before there, it reaches a critical mass of those people, um, especially when the, the wealthiest in the city can often distance themselves from some of the consequences. But when, when for example, crime becomes so widespread that even, even the um, wealthier areas end up having higher rates of crime, I, I do think eventually something snaps and people, you know, like I said, they either leave or they, they start getting serious about the politicians they're electing, at least on those issues. And I, I do think that there is a opening in a lot of the cities for somebody to run on a long thought. There's somebody to run on a very pragmatic platform of controlling crime, um, giving school choice options. Uh, and let's say, you know, either, either I could see this swinging either left or right, right? Either some kind of socialist rent control scheme, even worse than already exists in most American cities, or alternatively, a deregulation scheme. Or in, in, in New York City, um, there's a major tax break for keeping storefronts and buildings um, unrented if you can't find the former rent. And it really discourages uh, it discourages building owners from actually filling storefronts and filling apartments. Uh, like that, I could see a left-right wait, 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 like that. Wait, they pay people to leave the shops empty? Break. There's a big tax break if you can't find a tenant, but it, then it doesn't encourage, like, so for example, now the prices are very different in New York City than they were six months ago, nine months ago, right? Uh, but if it's a big enough drop, there's a, a um, tax break in the city code uh, for, for landlords who quote unquote cannot fill um, empty storefronts or empty apartments, which you end up having a lot of luxury apartments, very expensive storefronts, stuff like that empty in New York because the government pays people to keep them empty, and so it's not worth for them to to fill it if they can't get the price that they want. So, like those kinds of things, I do think there is a a platform that you know somebody a moderate or or somebody completely a political outsider. And you know what? Like Donald Trump did better even in in uh, Manhattan, but really across New York City, there was a shift to Donald Trump between 2016 and 2020, especially in immigrant neighborhoods here. So all hope is not okay. totally lost. All right. That is, and as I have to ask, what is the plan for pay 
paying for all this. I, I mean, even a wealthy city like New York, when they're busy firing their own, you know, tax revenue in the back of the head, they're firing a bullet in the back of its head. How do they plan to continue to pay for all this? The place is going to collapse. Oh, Jesse, no one's going to have to pay for anything. Don't you know that America can perpetuate this forever? No one's never, never going to have to pay for anything. Why do you ask questions to which you already know the answer? <sighs> it has Stepman. Thank you, ma'am. Merry Christmas. You too. Merry Christmas. Thanks. All right. I love saving money, especially now. It's Christmas time, and I look at my credit card statements just like you do, and my eyes just pop out of my head. It's all right. Listen, you can actually help people running for office who believe what you and I believe while also saving money, getting discounts on shopping, hotels, telehealth, a lot more. It's called Mammoth Nation. What a cool concept. For $19 a year, $19 a year, you will become a member of Mammoth Nation. You will get more discounts than I can ever list on this show. And where's your money go? It goes to candidates running for office who share our values. It's that cool. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse, mammothnation.com slash jesse. We'll be back. Joining me now, host of the Roth Effect podcast, former investment banker Carol Roth. Carol, is there some special Christmas tradition in your house, or is it just delicious food? Do you have family come into town? Bring me up here. Give me Christmassy today. So um, the historical Christmas tradition, because I am Jewish, is that we go for Chinese food, because that is the only type of restaurant that is open on Christmas. Uh, that's that's what all Jews they go for Chinese and the movie. But now because of COVID, none of that exists. So I am making my husband a traditional turkey dinner. And by when I say I'm making it, I am reheating it. Yes, there we go. Well, wait a minute. You people have Hanukkah. Is there? Did you do you do something special for Hanukkah? Uh, we do actually. We celebrate everything in our household. Really, anything where presents are involved, we're sort of all in <laughs> out on. So, um, you know, we've got the menorah, we've got the stockings, and anytime I can get a gift out of the deal or give one to somebody else, it's all good by me. You know what? I, I support you. Just go ahead and do a catch-all with them. All right, Carol. Exactly. Equality. And it also, by the way, it also covers me later on in life. If anything were to go wrong and I had picked the wrong one, at least it's like, well, I included your religion, too. Of course. You know, happy Kwanzaa to everybody. I hear you. Carol, equality, inclusion. I, I think I'm the only one in, in the United States of America who openly admits to absolutely hating these words. I don't believe in being inclusive. When I go to places, uh, while my funds are obviously limited, I try to be as exclusive as humanly possible. I've been on a $150 a night cruise before, and it was the $150 a night crowds, much, crowd, much different than a higher-end cruise. Inequality. We're talking about we have to make things equal with the vaccine, equal with pay, equal with everything. Why? We're not equal. You're not equal to me. I'm not equal to you. Nobody's equal to my personal assistant. Well, why do we have this obsession with this word? I mean, it's it's a fake concept. I mean, equal in the eyes of the law, 
Absolutely. That's, you know, the Constitution protects that. But equal in terms of what we put into something and what we get out, it's impossible. I mean, even if you live in the same household as someone, siblings will have different outcomes because they're different human beings. Um, I never I never understand, especially with women who always say that they want equal pay. Like, I always want to be paid the most. So I kind of feel like the whole idea of trying to be equal really kind of sets the bar low. Like, you know, you only want to be paid that much because someone else is getting paid that like I'm going for as much as possible. Uh, in fact, I had a, a, a little mentoring session with a young woman uh, today who was wanting to go into finance. And she was like, well, you know, as a, a woman entrepreneur and as a, a woman who used to be in finance, you know, like, what's your advice? And I said, my advice is for you to drop, you know, saying you're a woman to anything. Like, I never walk through life saying that I am a qualified version of anything like I'm an entrepreneur I'm a finance professional I'm a goofball I am not a woman any of those kinds of things and I think that when you start putting those qualifiers on you have a, a limited mentality I'm all about the abundance mindset everybody can succeed everyone can have as much as possible just kind of depends on what your goals are but anybody who puts those qualifiers on there has a, a scarcity mindset and thinks that there's only so much that, that can go around and so they're trying to find a way to divvy it up and it's just not the case see this is why we get along carol where where did this concept come from i mean, I, I genuinely want to know you don't hear especially asian nations you don't hear that kind of stuff you, you just don't hear that kind of talk but it seems to have plagued the west and not so much the east is this our is this our christian background is that what that is did that get manipulated into something different i want to know how we got here yeah i think it actually came out of some of the economic schools um, in germany there used to be phds that weren't available in america they were only available in germany and they had this concept of equality over there and they sort of yeah because they've done that so well in germany because those were where the people were schooled and frankly just a lot of really bad ideas um came out of that area of the uh, of the world and were imported back <laughs> here and uh you know people who don't want to do the work um, and try to find a way to justify their existence and try to justify their grabs so they have to make everything quote unquote fair but guess what life isn't fair and there are only so many things that you can measure in the same way and by the way if you want a great short story about this if you haven't read Kurt Vonnegut's Harrison Bergeron uh, just a couple of pages long but boy does it tell you the story of what it means to be equal so I highly recommend that Yes, I also highly, highly recommend that. Believe it or not, I can read. Not very well, but I can read. Carol, uh, the vaccine has people tearing each other apart. I, I, you, I'm sure you see this all the time. I'm going to take it. I'm not going to take it. It's going to turn me into some kind of mongoloid. I, I, it's, I don't understand why this is a difficult concept for people. Take it if you want to take it. Don't take it if you don't want to take it. It's your body. Nobody should be able to force you to take it or manipulate you into taking it. Take it if you feel like it. Why is that difficult? I, I have no idea. I think it's because everything has been politicized and it's no longer about the topic that we're discussing. I don't know if, if you in your relationship or anybody watching in your relationships have ever had fights with your significant other where they're really mad about something, but they're not at all mad about that thing. They're mad about like 10 other things that happened. I kind of feel like that's where we are as a nation. Is it, It's never about what it is we're fighting about. It's like about some other 
you know, stuff and junk that's going on. And unfortunately, um, everything has been politicized. It's been politicized as a nation, but I will have to say that uh, I just want everyone to remember that when push came to shove, all of the members of Congress that pushed and shoved their way to get to the front of the vaccine line and didn't care about you at all. <laughs> do people, I, I know everybody says they hate Congress and maybe they do hate Congress, but do you think people genuinely think con c Congress cares about them? Do you think people think their politicians care about them? Because I think they do. I, 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 now, I'm, I'm, I'm the cynic. I know all these people are scum. I, I realize they couldn't give me a second thought, and I feel the same about them, so it's very equal. But I think there is a mentality out there where people want to be cared for. They want to believe the best about the people who are leading them, and they think Congress sits down at night and actually thinks about things they want. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there is this sort of delusional unicorn and fairyland that people have lived in. Um, and it's gotten worse over time as people have gotten away from their communities and they've gotten away from their churches and religious institutions. And they've gotten away from personal responsibility. They're looking for that nanny or fairy godmother figure in their life. And somebody has told them that that's the government. And that's why you know they're willing to accept crumbs for themselves and feel like, oh, they got some good part of the deal while all the cronies get all of everybody else's money. So yes, they, they do believe that people have the best intentions. And again, I'm just gonna pull out all my favorites today. Um, I go back to Milton Friedman, a famous economist, who said just where are you going to find these angels to organize society for us? At the end of the day, if you think a corporation is greedy, uh, people in government are greedy. And by the way, you have to deal with the government. You don't have to deal with the corporation. So if you believe in human nature, if you believe human nature exists, you should want to have small government. And if you don't believe that human nature exists or there are a bunch of Mother Teresas that are running around, then somebody needs to sit you down and explain reality to you. As long as we're just handing out reading lessons tonight, I would like to tell everybody, go read Free to Choose by Milton Friedman. If you want to read one book that'll help frame your mind the right way in economics, that is the right book. Carol, Tell me something really cool about being an investment banker, because I just picture parties on yachts and all kinds of Lear jets and stuff like that. Please tell me it was like that. Okay, so this is like really obnoxious at a time that people are suffering. So I'm just saying that no, in no, the no, be of obnoxious. being honest and understanding that this is totally obnoxious, but you just make a crap ton of money. Um, you get to fly around on private jets. I one time got to take, like as a 20 something year old a private jet by myself because like oh it needed to go back and I happened to be like on that right leg and you know, the people were continuing on to the next way so like, I literally had a private jet to myself at 20 something years old um, you get access to CEOs and get to meet like the business leaders of the world I mean like it's it's a pretty baller cool job um, if you can secure it so if you have a kid by the oh, way yeah. tell them to go into investment banking Okay. All right. I, look, let's be honest, Carol. I, I mean, you've known me for quite some time. Neither of my kids are going to be going into investment banking. There's, there's, there's just, it's, it's not in the cards for the Kelly boys. Tell them to I, we'll, marry we'll an out. investment banker, Jesse. <laughs> yes, yes. The, you know what? You need to go ahead and crank out a couple daughters to make sure my sons have somebody to hang their hat on because my boys will be in the wilderness somewhere one day. Carol Roth, thank you, ma'am. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
All right. We'll be back. I love the internet era. I love it because it has shown you how many fart. Let's start that over again. Three, two, one. I love the internet area. I love it because it has shown you how many funny, smart people are out there. I almost used used the word fart as I combined funny and smart, and that would have been very, very embarrassing. However, there is a lady out there. She put, I don't even know this person's name. She put out a parody video of Nancy Pelosi passing the stimulus bill, and daggone, this is well done. Oh, hello, pores. I'm just here to congratulate you on your newfound windfall of shiny, shiny money. There's so many things you can buy with your $600. Half of one month's rent. 1.25 months of groceries. 125th of a new car. Overhead costs for your lemonade stand. Not a boat. Housing. And by that, we mean a walk-in child's playhouse where all the chairs are teeny tiny. Almost one item from the Goop website. Two-night hotel stay in Irvine, California. Child care. And by that, we mean two cameos from Super Nanny's Joe Frost. Literally 1.2 months of student loans. It's a great time to break your leg because now you can afford one third of an ambulance ride. You're gonna be rich! What else can we do but laugh? All right, we have a great special for you tomorrow. I will see you then. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for for more details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect. 
which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.